Welcome to the Kennedy Beacon Podcast, the uncensored podcast where we discuss issues and stories on the ready-to-rumble contender, the Kennedy Beacon Substack. If you go there, you can read fearless political analysis and original, courageous columns written by great writers and thinkers. And you'll learn more about Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s presidential campaign than you'll probably find anywhere else. I am Francis Scott, and I'm here with my co-host, Aaron Good. Nico is not with us. Nico House is not with us today. But Aaron, hey. Hey, thank you, Francis. Well, the title of today's show is A Do-Over or History Repeating Itself. We're going to discuss President Joe Biden's refusal to have the Department of Homeland Security provide Secret Service protection for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. As you may know already, just days ago, an intruder jumped over a fence and got onto Kennedy's property not just once, but twice on the same day. So now you're going to hear part of an interview that ran on TMZ with Cheryl Hines, who is, of course, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s wife. My husband is running as an independent for president of 2024. And I mean, I think a lot of people are aware that the Kennedys have a a history of, uh, you know, his, his uncle was assassinated, his father was assassinated. And now Bobby is running for president. And which I think takes a lot of courage for a, a lot of reasons. Um, and it's an, it's a, a unique situation because of his history and because of the violent history that comes along with it. So, uh, yes, he has requested that the administration give him Secret Service protection for this very reason. This is the third time something has happened uh, where someone was trying to harm Bobby. So it's um, disappointing to say the very least that the administration is not giving Bobby protection. They had said when when uh, they initially rejected, when Homeland Security rejected the request, they said something about you, the candidate needs to be polling at at least 15 percent. Um, as we just mentioned, uh, Bobby's now polling at 19%. This should just be, and in, in light of that, and in light of what just happened at your home, uh, has there been a, a, a new request made to uh, to Homeland Security? I believe there has been, and uh, and also everything has been documented along the way, and there's been communication with them. Uh, so it's not, it's, they know. They know what's happening and they know what has been happening. So, uh, yeah, it's it's um, I can't believe that they're not responding. Yeah, we can't either. I'm still shaking my head over this one, Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And this is really uh, an outstanding situation. If you think about it, it's pretty horrifying to remind everybody. Robert F. Kennedy Sr. as a senator was murdered in Los Angeles and as our guest today has written about in his column this week at The Beacon, and uh, he's written about this elsewhere as well, 55 years ago, that same police department, the LAPD, concealed and destroyed evidence after uh, Senator Robert Kennedy Sr.'s assassination. So here we are again. Another Kennedy is running for president. The murder of his own father is the reason Secret Service protection is provided for candidates ahead of Election Day in the first place. So that's another really remarkable angle here. That's right. You know, since the Carter administration, Secret Service has provided protection for presidential candidates long before Election Day. President Obama, for example, 
who had nobody breaking into his home, got Secret Service protection starting about 18 months before Election Day. Yes, and in addition to that, if we look at this uh, historically, politically, uh, you know, we, we have to ask, where are we now? What was happening in 1968 when Robert Kennedy was murdered at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles? Uh, at that point, the country was in the midst of a, uh, a time of great turmoil. MLK was leading a totally peaceful uh, Christian-influenced movement for peace and for racial and economic justice. Uh, a march on Washington, and it was suggested to him that he do this by Robert Kennedy himself. Uh, and this was a, a, a the, the anti-war movement was mostly peaceful at this time, the anti-Vietnam War movement. And uh, today we see things like police violence against protesters, just like back in the 60s. Uh, it would be a foolish mistake to detach the mounting number of attempts on RFK Jr.'s life from uh, the American people uh, once again, taken to the streets in major cities and going into buildings and hearings in D.C. to protest and speak out against the absolute indefensible insanity of another war. This one being uh, this, you know, terrible and apparently genocidal war in, in Gaza. Uh, the protesters, just like before, are being arrested. So history is repeating, it seems, in different ways. Yeah, we've all felt it. Um, this election cycle feeling more and more like a do over each and every day. The reality is that censoring and diminishing and erasing resistance does appear to be the state's main objective right now, which is shocking. And the refusal of Joe Biden to provide Secret Service protection for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. aligns with that feeling that we are essentially reliving the events of 50 or 60 years ago. But, you know, how easily we forget what's happened in the past, especially when the present tense is so tense. There's no better lead in than what you just said to today's guest, author, editor, journalist and Kennedy Beacon columnist David Talbot, whose most recent column for The Beacon is entitled Joe Biden, Bobby's life is in your hands. Now, Aaron, you know David well and how dedicated he's been to both maintaining and contributing to a free and uncensored press. Tell us about a commitment to exposing the truth about the assassinations of both President John F. Kennedy and Robert F. Kennedy Sr., well, I am always happy to introduce David Talbot to a new audience or an old audience or really any audience. Listeners may recognize David from our first podcast a few weeks back when we discussed Bobby Kennedy's declaration as an independent candidate. Uh, just a brief intro for David. He had a long career in journalism before he became editor-in-chief uh, and the founder of Salon.com. Since giving up the reins at Salon, he went on to write about some of the darkest moments in modern U.S. political history. Among the books he's written are two in particular that have helped illuminate the truth around the assassinations of President John F. Kennedy and his brother, Senator Robert F. Kennedy. These books are Brothers, The Hidden History of the Kennedy Years, and The Devil's Chessboard, Alan Dulles, The CIA, and the Rise of America's Secret Government. My personal connection to David is as a friend, mentor, and collaborator on our podcast, Devil's Chess Club. David, thanks for coming. Aaron and Francis, it's great to be with both of you. Uh, great. To talk about this very grim topic. Uh, mm -hmm. to of course, great to have you on the show. I hope it's okay if we just go ahead and jump right in. I'm just, just going to ask you why you wrote your most recent column for The Beacon. Look, I was uh, a teenager when Bobby's father ran for president back in 1968. I remember that night at the Ambassador Hotel very well. I was a volunteer in Los Angeles when he was shot, Bobby Sr., and uh, he died. So he ran for a reason. He was shot for a reason. 
as Bobby Jr. wrote in the Chronicle, San Francisco Chronicle, a couple of years ago. Sirhan Sirhan, the quote extremist, the Palestinian nationalist who allegedly shot the, uh, Bobby Kennedy, did not, in fact, fire the fatal shot. Bobby Jr. knows that. He met with Sirhan in, in jail. Uh, the, peop- the person who fired the fatal shot at Bobby's father was a, sec- a guy posing as a security guard uh, working for a CIA contractor named Robert Mayhew, the guy who uh, brought the mafia and the CIA together to kill Fidel Castro in Cuba. Very notorious guy who I interviewed for my book, Brothers, some years ago before he died, Robert Mayhew. So, look, Bobby is a very courageous person for running for president for this year, not just because his name is a candy, but because he's antagonized all the power centers, as I wrote in my Kennedy Beacon column this week, in America, Wall Street, Big Pharma, the military-industrial complex. He's taken on everybody because he's really speaking out. He's the only candidate for president who courageously is speaking out these people who've taken control of our American democracy. And he says it belongs to us instead, the American people. So Bobby has a lot of bravery and courage for doing this. Look, Joe Biden is an Irish Catholic. He says he loves the Kennedys. He employs several of them in his administration, including Bobby's cousin, Caroline, who's the ambassador to Australia, and his sister, Kathleen Townsend Kennedy, who works in the labor department for President Biden. Uh, He just uh, launched a new ship named after his father, RFK, and Bobby Jr. was at that ceremony in San Diego. So you can't be for all things Kennedy and not realize what Bobby Kennedy Jr. is doing, what he's taking on to run for president, how dangerous it is, frankly. And these break-ins just show, again, how dangerous it is for him to do what he's doing. Um, So it's appalling to me that President uh, Biden has denied him the Secret Service protection that he desperately needs, more than, I, frankly, any other candidate uh, currently for president. Yeah, it is appalling. And, and also, so little is being covered in the mainstream corporate news about this. When I tell people, you know, he's requested and requested and requested, they don't know, you know, that, that her, there have been these incidents, these three incidents, including a guy coming onto his property twice in the same day. If, you know, you get, you get a, taken in by police and then you come right back and do it again. I want to ask you if you can comment on the lawsuit that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. filed last week against the Department of Homeland Security and the Secret Service and share your thoughts about, you know, what you might think the FOIA request might yield. Also, with regard to the way, you know, the LAPD's handled things and the way the city of Los Angeles is handling this now third attempt, someone to get close to him, potentially an attempt on his life. Yeah, well, Bobby Kennedy uh, Jr. is nothing but not a great lawyer and a great litigant, as we know. He has sued the major polluters in this country uh, throughout his career. So for him to launch a lawsuit against the Homeland Security Department to find out more information about why he's denied this protection, which he sorely, he and his family sorely need, uh, I think is important. 
this uh, lawsuit against the Homeland Security and it's to reveal records so we know more about this strange decision that President Biden has taken uh, to not deny him protection. It's very costly, as you know, Francis, to protect a person 24-7. It's, uh, I think, needs a federal uh, government. And this kind of protection is provided by President Biden to his own son, Hunter Biden, with all his problems in Malibu. Uh, he spends 30000 a month of our taxpayers' money, President Biden, on a house, a mansion near uh, his son's home to house the Secret Service uh, to protect him. So if he can spend that money to protect Hunter Biden, he surely can afford that money to protect uh, a, a serious contender for the White House, like Bobby Kennedy Jr. Um, as Aaron knows, look, there's a fraud history here. The LAPD, as Aaron said, concealed, destroyed evidence, really sabotaged the investigation into the murder of his father in 1968. Once again, the LAPD is being strangely lax, uh, kind of um, opaque about what they're doing or not doing to protect him. As you said, they arrested a guy and he went back the same day and trespassed again on Bobby Kennedy's property uh, in the Brentwood district in Los Angeles. So clearly he needs his security, he needs his protection. And for President Biden to deny him this, risks, I think, uh, having him go down in history and infamy, frankly, President Biden, as a cold and heartless man, not the genial Joe that we all come to expect. Yeah, David, I'm hoping that in this next year, it will be a time to educate the public about these assassinations. And in particular, the L.A. angle of the Robert Kennedy story is pretty terrifying because the law enforcement agencies seem to be basically facilitating the most serious law breaking in this case when you mentioned that there was missing evidence but uh, only a few a very few uh, uh, listeners to this will know much of the details about that i mean there's that scott inyart case where over decades they took his photos as uh, the negatives of the film that he shot apparently right as right behind robert kennedy when he was killed and those disappeared for decades and finally he won them in court and then they just disappear on the way to be delivered to him. They get stolen or something like that. It's preposterous. There were bullet, the bullet that killed RFK could never be matched to Sirhan's gun. And then I think it eventually vanishes. The doorframe vanishes. The coroner who basically wrote an autopsy that exonerated Sirhan, if you look at it, he was uh, harassed for a time for this, but he always stuck by it. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a really amazing case. What do you think is the significance of L.A. and this kind of deep corruption in that city and uh, is, does it help that his security uh, guy, Gavin DeBecker, has these deep connections to the L.A. police department? I mean, it should, we would hope. But is that going to be enough to keep Bobby safe? Well, you're right, Aaron. Uh, there's a very fraught history with the LAPD when it comes to protecting or not protecting the candidates. And it goes back, as you say, to his father. I mean, there was a special unit uh, that supposedly investigated the uh assassination of Bobby's father in 68. It was called Special Unit Senator, SUS, a unit within the LAPD. That uh, unit intimidated witnesses, uh, as you say, 
did not test uh, the gun security guard who led Bobby uh, Kennedy Sr. into the pantry at the Ambassador Hotel that fateful night um, and destroyed uh, ceilings in the pantry walls that contained bullet holes, uh, destroyed physical evidence. I mean, basically, the LAPD is complicit in the murder of, the pre of uh, Senator Kennedy. And here we're calling on them again to protect his son. It's absurd, it's outrageous, it's macabre uh, what we're doing. Uh, basically, Bobby's Ken Kennedy Jr.'s security, what keeps him alive to this day, is the private security that he's forced to pay for to protect him. It's, uh, as I say, outrageous that uh, he's forced to do that. That protection should come from the U.S. government should come from President Biden. And he is perversely denying it at this point, again and again denying Bobby's urgent request for some help. I think literally, as I said in my column, his life, RFK Jr.'s life, is in the hands of President Biden at this point. Because look, we know historically that the assassins are often painted and portrayed as uh, fanatics, as crazies, uh, from Lee Harvey Oswald to Sirhan Sirhan, but that's not really the case. There's something much deeper and much more sinister involved, a bigger uh, plot often, a bigger plan to kill the person for political reasons. Bobby Kennedy, as I said earlier, has taken on every power center in this country. His life is really in danger. So he's enormously brave, personally brave to do this, to undertake this campaign. And it's our job as American citizens, if we believe in American democracy, to make sure he gets the protection, he and his family, that they uh, so urgently uh, deserve. And that is something we can all encourage the administration. We can advocate for his safety, for protection. Um, have you spoken with him since the latest, you know, the guy hopping on his property twice in one day? And, you know, I just kind of want to get a sense of um, how Cheryl and he might be you know, feeling at this point. You know, I haven't, uh, Francis, but I know how gutsy he is. Uh, he's determined to do this as his father was for the sake of the country. He feels what he's doing almost has a religious like uh, quality to it, a crusade for the soul of this country. We all know this country is suffering. How many people uh, are desperate economically, uh, how the environment has been ravaged by polluters, how constant wars. We've been at war my whole life. I'm 72 years old. Uh, after JFK was killed in 1963, it opened the floodgates to the Cold Warriors, the people who profit from war. And we've been at war somewhere in the world ever since. We've been arming, supplying guns to people, killing people. Uh, this isn't the country I was raised and, and to be in, frankly, or my sons who I raised in this country. Uh, it's not what Bobby Kennedy Jr. wants either. And I think it's what uh, the electorate, what voters uh, are, are saying they don't want either. I just want to remind our listeners of the one thing when, you know, this most poignant, when people ask Bobby Kennedy directly, reporters ask him directly about, you know, fears of his personal safety. He has said many times there are worse things than dying. And one of those things is our kids not growing up in a country that is actually free 
that, you know, is really being run by the people instead of, you know, shadowy forces controlling our regulators, even our government in, in many cases. And that's, I think, is key, Francis. Look, he's a dad. I remember a uh, lunch I had with Bobby over 20 years ago. His kids were still growing up at the time. And I said, Bobby, I, at the time, I was a publisher. I ran Salon. I had founded Salon Magazine. I, I said to him over lunch, Bobby, you should run for public office. He said, I can't because my kids are still growing up. He remembered how tragic, how how awful it was as a 14-year-old to lose his own father uh, at the time. So he wouldn't run back then, back in 2002, I think it was, or three or four in there. But his kids are now older. He's willing to put his own life on the line. And yet, I think it's our duty as American citizens to implore our president, who supposedly loves the Kennedy family, to do the right thing. David, it's always an honor. On behalf of all of us at the Kennedy Beacon Podcast, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. We hope you will come back soon. And thank you, the audience, for joining us. We invite you to read David's recent column and other stories at the Kennedy Beacon Substack. And please tune in again next week for another episode of the Kennedy Beacon Podcast. 